0: Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. Let's play ball. Friends, welcome back to God's Playbook. Today we see the miracle of the multiplication of loaves and fishes from John chapter 6. What a powerful story for us to reflect upon how God gives an abundance. So it might be one that you know fairly well, but I'm hoping that as we pray through it together, uh, we might be able to go a little bit deeper than perhaps our understanding. So this is John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee to Tiberias A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, Where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him because he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, "'Two hundred days' wages worth of food would not be able "'and enough for each of them to have a little bit.' One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, "'There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. "'What good are these for so many?' Jesus said, "'Have the people recline.' "'Now there was a great deal of grass in that place,' So the men reclined about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to those who were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had had their fill, he said this to the disciples, Gather the fragments left over so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them and filled 12 wicker baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves, That had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world. Since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, friends, this well-known passage really speaks to, again, the power that Jesus has. God can make the impossible possible. This is just one small example, which, by the way, is actually a significant one. But in relation to God creating the world, it's a small example of how God continues to give an abundance. So think about why Jesus would test Philip. In fairness to Philip, we as human beings are restricted and limited. There's only so much we can do. Think of an athlete. No matter how hard the coach pushes them, their shift needs to be short. They can only be on the field or on the ice for so long or on the court for so long. Eventually, they have limits. So is the coach being unfair to his player in this instance? Where are we going to have enough food to feed these people? Philip is a realist. How many of us are realists? We want to be dreamers. We want to think big picture, but we often are restricted, limited. And so we try to think with what we know, what we are comfortable with, what we think is actually realistic. So Jesus knew that he was going to provide for the people. But he wants to see the response of the apostles. Are they willing to be compassionate based on the needs? Or are they just basically saying, Hey, we recognize the need is there, but these people are on their own. When we look at the world, do we see the world as Jesus sees the world or as Philip sees the world? Well, I can't change the fact that people are being attacked in Israel. It's just so sad. Or can we take the Jesus approach? The Jesus approach is we can do something about it. Let's do something about it. Let's keep talking about how this is not acceptable. Let's put pressure on our politicians to make it known globally that this is not acceptable. But most important, let's fall to our needs and tell God that this is not acceptable. And so we pray that God will intervene and protect his holy people, our brothers and sisters we can always do something about it. Jesus is teaching us we can always do something about a situation, regardless whether we feel we have the resources to make a difference or not. If we trust in God, all things are possible. St. Paul tells us in the second reading on Sunday that we heard that all things are possible through him. And so, It is God who strengthens St. Paul, thereby giving him the strength to continue to endure imprisonments, shipwrecks, hunger, frustration, anger, the list goes on and on. Do we believe that this is true of us too? It's easy for Philip to say, let them fix their own problem. When we see a homeless person around the corner from us, well, why don't they just go get a job? Or, you know what? It's not my problem. I got my own family we are struggling to make our ends meet. They're on their own. That's a Philip approach. What more can I do? The Jesus approach is, what can I do? And am I willing to ask God to intervene and do my part in helping? Now, Jesus doesn't expect Philip to work the miracle. But he does expect Philip to have an open mind. And he expects us to have an open mind, too. Notice that Andrew looks like he's the problem solver. Okay, Lord, if this is what you're asking, well, I can bring this to the table. Is this a start? How many times do we hear about the problems of others and we feel helpless? Is not a good start by praying a rosary for that person or just turning off our radio and sitting in silence and offering either spontaneous or concrete prayers for someone? It's a great start, isn't it? Are we willing to pick up the phone and help somebody? We can't take their grief away. We can't remove the cancer from their lives. We can't force their spouse to love them. We can't force their children to listen. We can't force the alcohol out of the person or the drug addiction to end. But we can walk with people, can't we? So with the little that we can bring... God can transform and make it something big. So the few loaves and fishes signify the fact that we have limitations and God is limitless. So the more we trust in him, the more we use our God-given talents to make a difference, the more God will make a difference through us as temples of the Holy Spirit. So may we never be discouraged, may we never be frustrated, but rather just focus on our dependency on him. The more we depend on God, the more we realize he's in charge and I'm not. And as such, if it's not working out, then it's not God's will. And if it is working out, then it is God's will. And if it's better than we can ever imagine, like the apostles see in this passage, then we realize that God's hand is at work here for something greater than just feeding people. This is a teaching for us, friends. We weren't there to eat the fish and the loaves. But rather, the fish and the loaves continues to speak to us. I know in my own home parish here, it's one of the beautiful stained-glass windows in the church, which reminds me that God always gives an abundance. How many times have we asked God for something? I ask for A, and sometimes he doesn't give me A at all. He gives me B, C, D. Sometimes he gives me A to Z, and my mind is blown. And I'm sure this has happened to you in different ways, friends. So this passage continues to help us. It's also a reminder of the signs of the early church. So the idea of loaves and fishes, that's where we get the early signs of Christianity from. If you've had the privilege of going to Italy, especially in the catacombs, you'll see that there aren't crosses everywhere. Rather, there's images of fish and loaves of bread, and that was the signature to show that this was Jesus and Christianity's signature at first, before the cross became less of a focus of the torture of the Romans an execution and a sign of our salvation, so friends, the loaves and the fishes are significant to us as Christians, not only in this story but in general. Notice also that Jesus doesn't just give them what they need, but there's always extra. God isn't cheap with his grace. We're cheap with our time. We're cheap with what we give to God and what we give to others. We often give just, you know, the bare minimum. But God is always all in, like in a poker game. All the chips are across the table. God is never half in with us or you know, 10% in with us. He's always all in. God's interest in us never wanes, regardless of how much we push him away. His passion for us, his love for us, His desire to be with us is unconditional. And so as we read this passage, friends, I invite us into this understanding of, first of all, praising Jesus for a God who has no limits. Secondly, in thanksgiving for the abundance of graces that he gives. And then finally, friends, how can we be moved to action to also do our part to help in bringing his kingdom uh, to our brothers and sisters. And so yet another sign in the Gospel of John showing that Jesus is not just a good guy, not just some prophet, but indeed he is divine. So let us praise God for his goodness. Let us use this passage to deepen our relationship with the Lord and then seek ways To bring our limited gifts to a God who has no limits. And then let him do his part. And may we do ours too. For God's Playbook Friends, I'm Father Rico. God loves you and so do I. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us using any of our affiliate links in the description below via BudSprout, Ko-Fi, or GoFundMe. Thanks and God bless.